afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY, 701-293-9000. That's your local number, 888-970-9329. That's your toll-free number. You can email me, talk at WDAY.com. We're going to guide you through the next hour of your life until you get to the Jay Thomas Show, uh, which comes on at 2 o'clock. Natil, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Do you guys have any sunshine up there? Oh, it's been snowing a little bit up here. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah. we don't have any snow down here, but I miss the sunlight. <laughs> yeah, it's that time of year. <laughs> it I, just, it'd just be nice if we could just have like a couple peaks of sunshine once in a while. You know, I, I think it was in a, in Alaska when I lived up there. We um, This time of year, like the sun didn't come up really at all. Um, you know, like like we, we I, I think just right about now we'd maybe start seeing... Uh, the sun start peaking up a little bit, but yeah, we'd have a couple of weeks like mid, uh, early January, late December where, you know, the sun just doesn't come out. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't handle that. I need to see the sun. It was, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, for a lot of people in North Dakota, I, I guess maybe that goes back to the time zone thing that the legislature is debating and has gotten so much attention. I, and I think the reason, you know, everybody kind of rolls their eyes about it and thinks it's a silly idea. And, and I don't think that legislation is going to pass. Um, mostly because I think a lot of people, in the eastern part of the state, which is obviously the most populous part of the state, they don't want a time differential with Minnesota, um, you know, where they're going to have an hour difference or I, I guess depending on how daylight saving times worked out, you know, maybe even two hours different. I, I don't know. I haven't done the math on all that, but they don't want a time difference between Minnesota and North Dakota and also the western part of the state. I don't think wants to move the part that's in mountain time zone. I think they like being in mountain time zone. But I think the reason why people care for this is because this time of year, a lot of people, when you get up and go to the morning, it's go to work in the morning, it's dark. And when you come out of, of work in, in the evening, it's dark. And that gets hard. And, you know, a lot of people are thinking maybe if we can adjust that a little bit and, and get a little bit of daylight, you know, when I'm not at work, uh, that would be a good thing. I, I think, you know, that's I think that's why people care about it. Um, because that's, like you said, Nitzel, I, I think that... It impacts the way you see the world. I mean, it's very easy to sort of get in a rut and just feel very dreary. I, I know coming out of winter, there's always a time in the spring where I'll be working and I'll look outside and it'll just be nice outside. And it, and it always feels like I, I hit a moment where my attitude just shifts a little bit, right? I, I found that I've been kind of in a in a very myopic place, you know, working and, and just kind of feeling like I'm in a rut. And there's always that moment in spring when it just kind of feels like everything changes. Yes, yeah, either... seasonal affective disorder is a real thing, and it affects yeah. a lot of people. It's either it's either looking outside and seeing it's a nice day, or it's the beginning of spring training, which is less than like 20 days away, pitchers <laughs> and catchers. Report to camp. I am so excited. Have we had the Super Bowl yet? Has that been a thing yet? Nope. Uh, upcoming this weekend is the Pro Bowl, and then the Super Bowl is the following weekend. They do the Pro Bowl before the Super Bowl now? They used to do that after, didn't they? I'm pretty sure it's... It's before now. Yeah, before? yep. Eric yeah. Johnson is is confirming for me. All right. Well, football's almost over, and uh, and then we can get on to uh, the real sport, which is uh, baseball. Football's just something to to you know pay attention to when baseball's not on. That's my opinion, anyway. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Hey, coming up at one thirty, going to have uh, Senator John Hoven calling in. We're going to talk to him a little bit about the uh, you know obviously Donald Trump. Uh, signing the executive orders on the Keystone XL pipeline and the Dakota Access pipeline. Senator Hoven, a proponent of both pipelines. As a matter of fact, he tried back when President Obama 
was still in office, tried pushing legislation to force an approval of the Keystone XL pipeline. Um, so obviously he's somebody who feels about it. But I, I wanted to ask him this question because this is something, and I'm in some ways I'm starting to make my peace with with Donald Trump as president. Obviously he's I'm a conservative guy. I'm a limited government guy, and I think there's a lot of things that Trump's going to do that I'm going to like generally. I'm very disappointed in some of the the fights he's picking over his inauguration crowd size. Um, I don't know why we're wasting energy about you know making wild claims about voter fraud, which there doesn't really seem to be a lot of substantiation for. Um, I'm disappointed in stuff like that. But but here something, you know, a, a lot of the stuff with with Trump's you know sort of belittling attitude towards the media, which in some ways I think the media has kind of earned. Um, a lot of the stuff with Trump, like the distraction, the tabloid stuff. I don't really care that much about because I don't I don't think it's really going to matter all that much in the long long term. I, I think voters have maybe proven they don't care as much about that stuff as they used to. One area of public policy, though, that I think is very interesting is Trump's sort of call for America first. Now, I'm I'm old enough. I've been involved in politics long enough to remember when conservatives were free market people, um, meaning that we wanted to break down tariffs. We wanted to break down trade barriers because we felt that trade, you know, both in terms of sending American products out into other parts of the world and bringing products in from other parts of the world, is generally good for our society. Now, a lot of people disagree with that. It's, you know, that that is a generational debate in in America. It's, you know, a long-term debate throughout the history of economics. So, you know, Trump has a Trump has a divergent view of trade policy from modern republicans really he's sort of a a throwback to like you know um like like the calvin coolidge age right like like the 1920s republicans were very trade restrictionist back then and trump in a lot of ways is sort of a throwback and and i think what got overlooked earlier this week when he issued those executive orders regarding pipelines is that he also issued an executive order saying that he wants to see pipelines using materials and equipment that are made in the United States to the greatest degree possible. And as, as a limited government guy, that, that's, that's sort of, that sort of bothers me on two fronts. First of all, you know, I, if, if, if an American company can get, you know, equipment from somewhere else that's cheaper, it seems to me like that's good for that company, right? I, I mean, I mean, to me, that, that's where free trade, a lot of people think of, of trade just sort of one-dimensionally, just in terms of, well, if, if, if we don't, if we restrict competition from foreign goods and foreign services, then that's going to be more commerce for domestic goods and services. But what that ignores is the price impact, right? One impact of it is, you know, for instance, uh, let's say you can only buy televisions that are manufactured in the United States. What impact does it have on your life if suddenly the cost of a television is substantially more because you can't buy a cheaper alternative from another country, right? That's going to increase your cost of living. There is an economic cost to that as well, which I think is greater than the economic cost of losing commerce because it goes to companies overseas. I, I think people forget about that aspect of it. So that bothers me as, as a limited government, free market-minded conservative. The other thing that bothers me is is the idea that the President of the United States 
can micromanage companies to the point where we're telling them where they have to get their steel from or where they have to get their excavators or bulldozers from. In, in what way is that in keeping with Republican notions, conservative notions about limited government, right? I mean, to me, that seems exactly the sort of meddling that we wanted to get away from, right? I mean, uh, and, and I, I think it also manifests itself with, with, with we have the president of the United States sort of attacking companies on, on Twitter because they're, you know, exporting jobs or they're opening factories somewhere else in other parts of the country. Is that what conservatives really want? I mean, is that what Repo- – and apparently so. I mean, Trump Trump didn't hide his attitudes about these things during the primary process or during the general election. It's not like – it's not like his attitudes are a big surprise. Maybe his tactics are. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is what Republicans want. But if it is, I mean, this this just seems like another form of big government. I mean, I mean, I don't. I am glad that President Trump is pushing ahead with the pipelines. I'm not so. I'm not so sure. I want to be glad. I, I'm not glad at all. In fact, that we're micromanaging where they're going to get materials from or where they're going to get equipment from. I, so I want to ask Senator Hoven about that when he's on. Your phone call, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away. I'm Rob Port. You're listening to the Rob Report. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Next segment going to be joined by uh, U.S. Senator John Hoven, and uh, I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about the pipeline and the executive orders. But I, I listen. I, I think there is a I think there is a question to be asked by Republicans about whether or not Donald Trump and, and this this was my big fear of him. One of the things that frustrated me the most about the Obama administration years in office is is Obama's disrespect for restraints on government authority, right? I mean, that was our country was founded in such a way as to restrain the federal government, as to restrain government in general, uh, you know, enshrining certain rights for the people. And, you know, basically that's all the Constitution is. I mean, the Constitution is fundamentally a document you know the bill of rights where you go down and it says you know government can't do this the government can't do that i mean that's what that's all about is restraining the government keeping the government in the box so that it can perform certain functions that we all agree it should it should allow and then you know basically letting people decide for themselves and everything else now we have gotten so far away from that and i i, I think president obama in a lot of ways was a technocrat i i think he was somebody who felt that every problem in you know, with with humanity or every problem that we face had a government solution. We just had to program the policy the right way and put it out, and and we'd create a utopia. And I, to me, that was very frustrating. I think it that's anathema in terms of of what you know how Americans value liberty and freedom. You know, I I think President Obama was was a micromanager, right? He wanted government in charge of just about everything, and he wanted to implement policy by micromanaging everything and. 
what I've been worried about Trump is that we're going to get the same sort of micromanagement management just in pursuit of different policy agendas. Now, I don't, I don't know how it's going to turn out yet, because on one hand, during his inauguration address, I hear Donald Trump saying, we're going to we're going to give the power back to the people. Right. I mean, that was to me, that was a very inspiring line from his inauguration address where he was talking about um, the you know, the, the, the successes of, of people in Washington, D.C. have not been America's successes. Right. We have not shared in the prosperity in Washington, D.C. And I think that was a powerful statement. I mean, you look at some of the richest zip codes in the United States of America are in, you know, the D.C. area. Right. I mean, the Obama years and, and frankly, even before that, the George W. Bush years enriched the federal bureaucracy, enriched American, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the lobbying industry. I mean, it was it was very because that's what you get. I mean, when you got an all powerful government, that's who you enrich. You enrich the bureaucrats, you enrich the politicians and you enrich the people who are whose job it is to influence those people. Right. And so Trump saying we're going to push the power back to the people. To me, that's very good. But then on the flip side, you have him micromanaging the pipeline industry saying you got to get your steel from the United States of America and you've got your equipment from the United States. These are contradictory ideas. Those are contradictory. I mean, you, you, you can't say we're going to push power back to the people. And then as president of the United States, micromanage where TransCanada or Energy Transfer Partners is going to get their steel from or where they're going to buy their excavators from. 701 293 701 888 Email talk at uh, Email, uh, Rob, it has been practiced now for some time that federal projects use U.S.-made steel. Now, the Federal Highway Administration requires that heat tags te- – uh, w- requires heat tags – which tells you where steel was made uh, or required, and the tags uh, must be retained for records. So this is nothing new. Uh, just like Davis-Bacon laws that have uh, wages for each job class, so this does not bother me as it has been practiced for some time now. It, it, may, be some, it may have been practiced for some time now, and it may, maybe there's existing policies, but I mean, I mean, has it reached the level of, of a presidential executive order? Where we're gonna we're gonna micromanage where the steel comes from? Uh, North Dakota Senator Heidi Heitkamp. I, I thought made a, she was on CNBC Squawk Box this morning, and I thought m- made a really good point about this, where she said, you know, not only the steel issue, uh, you know, in terms of of you know where did the steel come from? Where, where did the exit? I mean, the, the Keystone. You know, he he issues an executive order saying, you know, the steel's got to come from the United States. The uh, to, to the greatest degree possible, the excavators have to come, you know, and, and the equipment has to come from the United States to the greatest degree possible. Um, well, the Dakota Access Pipeline is like 90 percent built. Um, the Keystone XL Pipeline, they, they've got a lot of that pipe already compiled, right? I mean, it's already stockpiled. They've already bought it. Was that all from America? I guess I don't know. But are they going to have to go back and buy new pipe to comply with this executive order? I mean, how how aggressively is Trump going to enforce this? I don't think we really know. We have a very mercurial president uh, who is prone to doing a lot of different things. So I, I guess my question is, is how aggressive is Donald Trump going to be about this? This America first policy is obviously very important to him. How aggressively is he going to enforce it? How aggressively should he enforce it? Frankly, I, I think if you're a Republican conservative president and I don't. 
I don't, I don't know how we categorize Donald Trump, but Repu- the expectation from Republicans ought to be that the president not micromanage how pipeline companies go about their business outside of obviously ensuring that we're going to build pipelines that are are safe and are respectful of property rights and issues like that. But beyond that, why are we telling you where to shop for steel and where to shop for equipment? That doesn't make any sense. More to come straight ahead. Senator John Hoven on with me next. Stay tuned for that. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Good afternoon. Welcome back. Rob Report here on WDAY. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. I'm joined now by uh, U.S. Senator John Hoven. Uh, Senator Hoven, thanks for your time. Rob, good to be with you. We uh, qu- quite a change in attitude uh, from uh, you know now that we have we have Donald Trump. You know, for years we had obstruction. You were very involved in, in specifically on the Keystone XL pipeline, the fight to get that line approved. Now the Trump administration, within you know days of his inauguration, really uh, issuing executive orders to move those projects forward. Quite a change. I'm sorry, Rob. I didn't catch your question there. Yeah, well, it's 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 just quite a change. I mean, we're we're certainly in an, in, a, in a new oh, era yeah. on, under Trump. Uh, you know, is uh, obviously these are very good things that that the Trump is moving these these projects forward, forward, particularly given how important they are uh, to North Dakota industry. Right. Um, look, we've got to be able to build infrastructure in this country, uh, and in this case, energy infrastructure is, is an important part of a comprehensive energy plan for our nation, uh, and it enables us to move energy uh, in a way that's uh, the safest, also the most environmentally sound. And, you know, we can't continue to rely on old infrastructure. That wears out. It's less safe. This is product that's already moving by rail, and it's moving by truck, and so... Again, this is about the kind of investment that will help us build an energy plan for the country uh, that helps create jobs, helps our economy grow, makes us more competitive uh, across all industry sectors. And ultimately, it's a national security issue as well, uh, because we don't have to rely on energy from places like OPEC. I wanted to ask you a question, because in addition to the executive orders regarding the, the pipelines, President Trump also issued an executive order regarding you know the, the materials and equipment used in constructing pipeline basically saying to the greatest degree possible he wants those materials that equipment uh, to be stuff that's made in the United States of America uh, Senator Heidi Heitkamp was on CNBC this morning uh, and she said I quote I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on the sourcing of the pipe uh, she said referring specifically to the Keystone project uh, we don't know what the source of that pipe is that's going to be an issue how much? I mean, is 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 Donald is he micromanaging there? I mean, is is that going to be an obstacle to these? I mean, I, I think we're all very grateful that he's ended the obstructionism of of the Obama administration. But is his expectations regarding made in America type stuff, America first stuff, is that going to be an obstruction for these pipelines? You know, I think he's trying to hit a balance there. They talk about it in terms of the carrot and, and stick approach, where he's talking about reducing the regulatory burden and uh, reforming the tax code and making it easier to do business in this country, making us more competitive. 
Uh, but then he also is using the stick approach, too, where he's saying, look, if, you, if you're not doing business here, then you're not going to get some of these benefits. And so, I mean, obviously he's doing both. And the, the key is that you hit a, a balance that works. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that may be a little challenging here. But ultimately, what we want to do is create the best possible economy. Uh, that is what uh, make America the best place to do business, I should say. Uh, and that's what helps grow our economy and create more jobs. I, I think, I mean, traditionally, I've always thought of, of Republicans and conservatives as generally being free market people. Do you think that, that Trump, do you think he's micromanaging where he's telling these companies where they have to get their steel from or where they got to get their bulldozers from? Well, I think uh, what I would say, Rob, is this. I, I think the re- Republican philosophy is generally to create the best possible business climate. Uh, that's what I tried to do in North Dakota. I think that's what we have to try to do as a country. And I think that's the right way forward. Now, you know, he is, as you say, he, he's uh, talking to some of these companies about saying, hey, you have an obligation to try to do business here and so forth. Um, I understand that. But uh, ultimately, I do think it's creating the best possible business climate that is what, uh, you know, really works for us. Uh, switching gears here a little bit, but, but staying on the, on the pipeline, we obviously, North Dakota incurred a great deal of, of expense dealing with the protests regarding the pipeline. There may be a lot more expenses to come now that Trump uh, appears to be clearing some of the obstacles to finishing the Dakota Access Pipeline. Uh, I guess we don't know yet if if, if protests are going to escalate, if we're going to have more problems. Have you had any discussions with the Trump administration? Do you have any indications regarding what sort of, you know, A, are we going to get you know federal resources to help us handle the situation, and B, you know, how likely is it that North Dakota is going to be reimbursed for by the federal government for, for the expenses that we've already incurred? Well, I met with Vice President Pence yesterday and talked to him about the need to get federal assistance. One of the challenges we have right now is that the appointees are not in place yet. So whether it's Ryan Zinke at Interior or Jeff Sessions at Justice, those, those appointees are not in place because we're still trying to get our colleagues across the aisle to work with us to get them confirmed. Um, and so that that's a challenge. And that's why I went directly to uh, Vice President Pence and said, hey, look, we're going to need a push from the White House to these agencies and the interim directors uh, to get law enforcement help uh, for state and local law enforcement uh, on, uh, you know, Dakota access and to make sure that we, you know, keep people safe and that people follow the rule of law and the peace is maintained. And so that's what I'm doing. And I'm also will be going to Homeland Security Director um, General Kelly, who is in place, uh, and I think that we not only will be able to get more BIA law enforcement officers, uh, but I also, you know, we have had some uh, Customs and Border Patrol assistance. I, I think we can get some more of that. And then I'm hoping through uh, Vice President Pence we can get a push on justice to get some help, uh, you know, out of them as well. In addition, yes, we will continue to work to get funding assistance, too. Right now what we're really focused on particularly is getting more federal law enforcement assistance to work with state and locals. 701-293-9000 if you have any comments or questions for Senator Hoven, 888-970-9329. Uh, got a few minutes left. Darius has a uh, question for the senator. Go ahead, Darius. Yes, Rob. I, I actually got two questions uh, for Senator Hoven. Okay. Uh, my first question is I'm, I'm wondering um, what steps he thinks that, uh, that environmental groups will uh, take to try to shut down uh, the, the project. Okay. Well, uh, we, yeah, go ahead. 
Do you want to respond? Okay. Well, look, you know, everybody gets their say. That's your, your First Amendment right. But you have to do it within the law. People have to follow the law. We are a country of laws. And uh, so, look, anybody that, you know, has a concern can voice it, but they have to follow the law. And, you know, the company has met the requirements. This project can be built safely, not only for the tribe, but for everybody downstream. And that's why we have to make sure that we have adequate law enforcement, local, state, and federal. So the people that live and work in the area are farmers and ranchers. And this has been a real difficult thing for them. But so that everyone is kept safe, so they feel safe, so the rule of law is followed. And any protest needs to be peaceful and within the law. Sure. Darius, go ahead. Second question. Sir, my second question is it's kind of off this subject, but I was just I was hoping that Senator, Senator Holden would consider um, I am a small business owner and um, I own um, what's a vape shop. And I was hoping that Senator Holden would consider um, supporting the predicate date for vapor products uh, without support of our senators. Um, there's about 500,000 jobs in this country that will no longer be existent. So I was hoping that he would consider supporting the predicate date for vapor products. Sure, Senator. So, oh, I'm not tracking you. Support the what? The predicate date for vapor products. There's an amendment, a cold bishop amendment, going through right now. And um, right now, our our industry, um, if nothing changes, if Sanders don't, Senator Ron Johnson, um, he has supported this. If nothing changes for this, um, there will be about 500,000 jobs as of August of 2018 in this country that will be um, unemployed. When you say the predicate date, I, I guess that I, I want to make sure I'm understanding you. The predicate date sounds like some legislation I need to check into. Yes, yes. Yeah. So if you could check into this Cole Bishop Amendment and support that amendment, support Rand, uh, Ron Johnson on that. Well, what I would say is I'm very supportive of small business. That's like my number one thing. But I'd have I have to check into this uh, and, and see what it is. But I I yes. worked awfully hard to yes. support. Uh, we, we would have you know small business is the backbone of our our country's economy. So I I'm pretty strong on small business. Yeah, yes. pro- yeah, this, probably this, this industry has been a huge boost to our our American economy. It has provided many 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 jobs. It has also provided a way for uh, many smokers to quit smoking. Um, so please, if okay. you could uh, look into that and support that, that would be very much appreciated. Okay. Darius, thanks for the call, and, and maybe contact the senator's office with, with specific details. That that legislation is, is news to me as well. Thanks for the call. 701-293-9000, Just a couple minutes left with the senator. Uh, as we're moving ahead, you know, Trump issuing some uh, uh, news today on, on building a border wall and, and some issues with, with immigration. Uh, what, what are you making of this? I mean, as, as, this, as this news comes out from this administration, how are you feeling about it? You like what you're hearing so far? Well, I think he's doing just exactly what he said he would do. And, look, we've got to secure our borders. We've got to keep America safe. And when it comes to sanctuary cities, absolutely. Look, everyone needs to follow the law. We need to be a country of the rule of law. And that means that these sanctuary cities, they're not following the law. They should be following the law. And if they're not going to, then we should take measures to address it. What he's proposing is that we not provide funding. And, yes, that is appropriate. Again, it is to everyone's benefit in this country to be a country of laws and follow the rule of law. And, you know, I, and I know with the vetting, he's, again, it's about trying to keep America safe. He's talking about a pause in the vetting. And, you know, we, we in some of these cases, 
we're not able to vet people from some of the countries with uh, you know, with the terrorism they have over there, particularly in the Middle East. And the other thing we have to keep in mind, we should be working with our allies in the region there to establish safe zones so those people don't have to flee their country. That makes a lot of sense. Senator, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Good to be with you. That's uh, U.S. Senator John Hoven. We're going to take a break. We'll come right back. Uh, also, some some sad news. Actress Mary Tyler Moore has passed away at at the age of 80. Pretty sad news. She was an iconic person in, uh, in, in, in America entertainment. So sorry to hear that. More to come straight ahead. This is the Rob Report. Don't go away. Report WDAY. A few minutes left. Jay Thomas show straight ahead. Stay tuned for that. 701-293-9000 if you want to join the program. 888-970-9329. I mean, li- listen, I, it's the difficult thing with Trump is that Trump's not even pretending to, to fall into political categories. And, th- and this is to, to, to continue the discussion I started at the beginning of the show regarding his executive order about where pipeline companies are going to get their materials and equipment from um i have i have made my peace with the fact that donald trump is going to say and do outrageous things and is going to spend a lot of time on petty squabbling with celebrities and reporters and i i don't think all that stuff matters very much you know it's going to drive a lot of social media traffic and everything and and in some ways i mean maybe that's by design i mean maybe trump wants to keep everybody talking about that um you know certainly it's it's one of the things his supporters love about him is that he does sort of he doesn't care about that stuff and he foments controversy and sort of revels in it i mean that's that's when he's in his moment so I, I don't think stuff like that matters. What matters to me is is public policy. And on on one hand, I am I am ecstatic that Trump is is talking about just sort of breaking down. I mean, when I hear about these massive budget cuts and layoffs at federal agencies, I want to give him a standing ovation. That's what we need. <clears throat> Not because I want to stop regulating, uh, you know, a, a lot of stuff. I, it's just because I. We can have a debate about what should or should not be regulated. I, I think we need a paradigm shift in, in in terms of how much the federal government does. So I'm I'm glad about all that. The America First stuff. I mean, it's it's setting aside, you know, the, the fact that it's it's the same term that Charles Lindbergh used to oppose America's entry to fight the fascists in World War II, which is sort of an ugly history behind the term. Um, the protectionism that he promotes, I don't think, is good. For the United States, I think it's based on flawed economic thinking. I think that the United States is served when our citizens can walk up and down the aisles and choose from among products made all over the world. I think that's I think that's a good thing for the United States. I think it drives our cost of living down. I think we have much more to lose by denying ourselves the benefits of free international trade than we do of of isolating ourselves economically and, and promoting more more commerce for American businesses. Uh, so that's what worries me about Trump, you know, and that's I, I think the pipeline issue is kind of sort of a microcosm for that. He's going to push forward pipelines 
but do so with these sort of protectionist expectations. That's that's the fundamental, that's the contradiction at the heart of the Trump presidency. Anyway, Jay Thomas show coming up next. Remember, you can catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. It's gonna be a star.